The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Justin, and that means you are once again listening to The Crowncast. Uh, this is a post-react once again. We're back and we're reacting to, unfortunately, another Charlotte FC loss. Uh, we've gone on the road to FC Cincinnati, and uh, it's a 2-0. So it's another disappointing one. Um, joining me again on this one is uh, is Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey, Justin. No need to ask how you doing. I know. I know how you're doing because I'm doing the same. This is this is another frustrating because like it, it, just a couple of stats here. 64 to 36. That's the possession stat. Charlotte possessed the ball for two-thirds of this match shots Sounds on goal right. or shots for each team 14. so in a third of the match they got the same number of shots uh, as we did shots on goal they had five we only had two we we possessed the ball for all of this time and we're not getting quality opportunities we're not putting the ball on net um and you know, at the end of the game, at the end of this, we lose to a set piece and uh, another mistake trying to play out the back. Yeah, it was it was not a not a great debut from uh, Nuno, and that was oof, just a horrible way to introduce yourself to the fans. Um, I don't care what league you're in, that is not a place you should be trying to play out from. Uh, any league doesn't matter if it's you know in Europe or or over here in the states. Yeah, I, I will say, and, and you know, we may get to this a little bit later, uh, it, there are times where I question Kalina's distribution there. Again, Nuno's loose with that touch. He, he lets a man, you know, close him down way too fast and gets dispossessed too easily. But, it, you know, it happens again later in this match, and, and it kind of puts Milanda in some trouble, where Kalina's choice of distribution from the back, you know, obviously he knows he can't play the long ball over the top out of it. But the short balls that he plays, he doesn't really disguise them, I don't think. I think he stares down the guy that's going to be getting them. And I think that, you know, it's not the first time this season we've seen somebody get the jump on, you know, that that attempted distribution out of the back and put ourselves in, in a really dangerous position really quickly. Yeah, that is a good point. He's, I mean, it's been an issue all year for him. I know it's something that, you know, you and Logan have talked about at length about, you know, him trying to improve in that area, but it's very clear that when it comes to actually building out from the back, he still struggles. Um, and whether that's going short, I mean, I, I even think his distribution long can be spotty at times. Um, that also might just be <laughs> where we're asking him to play that ball and the lack of options up front for him to aim for. But it's something that heading into next year really needs to be an area of growth for him. Or this team needs to figure out how to um, play in a different way because I, I I don't think that asking him to be a prime distributor like an Allison or an Ederson or someone like that is going to work. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to kind of slide this into our, our more regular format and everything, I actually, the more I think about this, I think I'm going to card Christian Kalina for this tonight um you know like i said nuno should do a little better this is also i think nuno's third touch in mls 
and Kalina does him no favors. You know, this is not a this is not a swiftly played ball out of the back. Um, yes, Nuna's loose with it, but like I said, there is another in this situ that that in this type of play. You know, this situation we end up in where Kalina tries to play it out to Melanda, and Melanda is again put under pressure very quickly. You know, there's not really enough looking around in this situation. I don't think. I don't think there's anything Kalina could do on the first goal. But I, I think he, along with Nuna Santos, share responsibility for the second. And Kalina, I think, has got to be better there and for this sort of persistent distribution issue. I think tonight I'm going to card Christian Kalina. Uh, it's an interesting one. You know, I, I think I will have to go back in, and especially on that second goal, and see, um, see his pass. I think, it's, I think it's fair. I think this is one of those games where... I don't know. I, I feel like we keep saying it where I don't know that anyone was outstandingly terrible um, on the pitch, but there were individual moments of badness, I guess you could say. Um, and yeah, I mean, his distribution wasn't great. And especially in the second half when we were trying to play out and trying to control possession, I don't know that he really put anyone in a good position to quickly move the ball forward. It did feel very nervy at times. Um, trying to get out from Cincinnati's press and trying to to move the ball upfield. And that does start with where he is um, starting that attack from. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'd have to watch the game. I, it feels a little harsh to me to card him, but, you know, that that second goal really did kill us. You could just see the wind go out of everyone's sails. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm with you in that there's not really a ton of standout terrible or standout amazing performances. You know, there was, again, a, a lot of wastefulness in the final third. Um, but but I feel the need to pick on Kalina a little bit here just because, you know, you go back and you think about some of these other goals. I think the, the first goal against Philadelphia, the first time we played them, you know, it's a very similar sort of trying to play that ball up up into the middle of the field. And I don't think there's any guile to it. I don't think there's any sort of disguise to this is where the pass is going. Um, I, and, and, you know, I think that's definitely a big issue with distribution. And I think once again, this, it, you know, it bites us. Um, we've seen too many players taking that ball from Kalina and, and getting their pocket picked. And yeah, some of it's on them, but some of it too is on Kalina just not distributing the ball well. So, yeah, I think I think he's also I mean, this is probably true for most goalkeepers, but I think he's very much more comfortable in his desire. His first desire is to go to a center back, right, to play that ball to a center back. And so I think what teams do sometimes do well is that they close down on the center backs and they leave that middle of the field seemingly open for him to find someone but they're kind of laying a trap if that if that makes sense um and you're right he doesn't necessarily disguise any of his passes and the problem is is that unless he's going to a center back or sort of going directly into the middle i don't think he quite has the ability to flare a ball out to the wing consistently yeah and i mean the other piece about it and you know i'm belaboring this a bit i know so uh, i apologize listeners but the the passes aren't necessarily sent with the weight necessary to sort of take it on the half turn or or you know 
it's sort of this in-between speed where it's a little bit more difficult to cushion. It takes just that extra half second that allows time to close. So again, I, I'm hammering this home on Kalina because uh, I've seen too many of these goals. Uh, it's, it is harsh. It is harsh. I will admit that to card Kalina, but again, I'm frustrated with this distribution and I don't know that there's anybody else that you could stand out and say, Oh, this was awful. Yes. Nuno gets his pocket picked incredibly easily. Nuno also had some really nice passing and some guile going forward. I, I liked some of what I saw. I, I disliked some of what I saw. It's also his first exposure to MLS. So I'm trying to take it a little easy on the new guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Josh, uh, since we've started cards, since I've decided to start us on the bad tonight, do you want to card a player for Charlotte in this rather tepid performance? Um, if you'll allow me, I am not going to card a player. I The only person that I am truly, truly upset with tonight is Christian Latanzio. Um, I, when I saw that lineup, I was, to be honest with you, just dumbfounded. In a game where, yes, we have a very low percentage of making the playoffs going into this game, but we're not mathematically eliminated. And in a must-win, absolutely must-win game, his front line was Yuzwiak, Rios, and Vargas, who have combined for a total of one goal this year against a team who ships goals. Um, and then at right back, rather than having someone who can attack, he puts in Harrison Awful. Um, I just, the decisions that he made in this game, I just don't think he set this team up for success. I don't know what his thought process was. I don't know what the plan was. Um, but going into it, I think when you set out a lineup like that, it sends sort of a message to your team that you're not expecting to win, or maybe you're trying to just eke out a win. I, I just didn't get it. Why is Andre on the bench? If you're not going to start Swiderski that's fine. Um, it's something I, I personally disagree with, but it's not like he's been firing goal after goal. But why are you putting Rios in ahead of Andre? If you're not going to start Andre on the wing and you're not going to start him in the, in the middle of the pitch, then what message are you sending to him, especially since I, he has to be, what, our second or third highest goal scorer this year? His lineup just made no sense to me, and it actually infuriated me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely a, an incredibly fair and valid call out here because you're right. This this is a series of changes that you look at and you go, I what what is the expectation here? You know, I understand that that Mackenzie Gaines is still hurt, but Kerwin Vargas did not contribute. Kerwin Vargas didn't really contribute anything on the right to tonight. He, he got forward. Yes. But then he fell apart. Like, honestly, a lot of the stuff that a lot of the fan base knocks Mackenzie Gaines for Kerwin Vargas showed tonight in an yeah. inability to find the pass an inability to shoot uh, an inability to like, he was sending corners in that, that just went nowhere crosses to no one. There was no danger, no threat from from all of his industry. Um, and it was just incredibly frustrating. And Rios barely touched the ball, barely was involved. 
You know, he's just, he's not linking, he's not connecting play, he's not getting in the dangerous positions to to get a chance to score. I think the two most dangerous chances we saw from Charlotte FC tonight were, well, maybe three. We had a nice header from Yozwiak. Uh Bronico had a really good chance that I think, honestly, he should have scored. Um, and uh, one of the best turns, uh, you know, swivels in the box came from uh, Malanda forward after a corner kick yep yeah um it it was it was just one of those games where it kind of went especially that first half you know going in having not scored a goal or really been threatening i can't say i was surprised when you put a striker in there like rios and this is nothing to knock rios i'm sure he's a great guy i'm sure he's a terrific professional um but he has shown over the past three years, he does not score consistently or very often at the MLS level. Um, Vargas, I think has shown over the past few games that there's a lot of energy in those legs. There's a lot of talent. I think that that kind of peeks through, but when it gets to that final third, he is just putting his head down, hitting the ball across uh, the face of the goal and hoping for something to happen. Um, Uzwiak, I thought looked good this game. But again, at the end of the day, in a must-win game, you're starting guys who have combined for one goal. You know, I'm not the biggest Reyna fan, but I would have understood starting uh, Reyna instead of Yuzwiak. I would have understood putting Shinyashiki up top instead of Swiderski. Um, I did not understand the decisions that Christian Latanzio made, especially against a team like Cincinnati, which will, as, as you said with the possession stats, they will let you have the ball. So this is a time to get your creative players who can go forward and attack onto the pitch. Um, Having someone like Jones start, this is actually a perfect game for Derek Jones because they're not going to try to overly press you and and try to dominate possession so he can kind of clean up in there. But get some people around him who have the talent to make a difference. And I just don't think Christian Latanzio did that tonight. Yeah, I agree. I mean, honestly... In terms of service from the right, and given the the player personnel that you had available to you, I would have honestly been okay if Jalen Lindsay had started at our right wing, <laughs> given that Lindsay can whip a ball yeah. in with threat. Yeah. And we, we started this match with both Lindsay and Nathan Byrne on the bench and Harrison Awful starting. So we had three right backs available to us. Screw it. Throw Lindsay in there because he can at least hit a cross. Listen, I, I, if I'm Jalen Lindsay, I don't know what I have to do to consistently play. It's one thing if Byrne had started this game, but for Harrison Awful to take over for Jalen Lindsay after the past few games where I don't think that Jalen has done much of anything wrong. I'm not sure he's been, you know, 10 out of 10, but he's been, I think, solidly contributing to the team and one of the better performers um, over the past few games. And so, again, it's another example. Again, if I'm Jalen Lindsay, if I'm Andre Shinyashiki, I'm just wondering what in the world have I done or not done to not get these starts while Daniel Rios and Harrison Awful are getting them. Um, and that's, again, it's nothing against those guys personally. It's just when you look at the production on the pitch and what's happening, I just do not understand these, um, these substitutions or, sorry, these replacements in the starting lineup. Yeah. 
The other thing, you know, I think, and we talked about this on Wednesday, right? And and so I'm going to give sort of a, a extra little half card here to the front office because we're in a situation where, you know, Joseph Mora has to start at left back and mm-hmm. Christian Fuchs is there on the bench. Uh, Kerwin Vargas has to start. But we have, you know, Jordi Ureta and Kamil Yozwiak and Andre Shinyashiki who can play that left wing. Uh, we have Harrison Awful and Jalen Lindsay and uh, uh, now Nathan Byrne that can play that right back spot. We have uh, an overabundance of players at some positions and this terrible wasteland of players at others. And it just makes you go, what is our front office policy right now? So. Yep. Let's let's we we should probably step away from the the bashing this team. It's very frustrating because once again, this is a match we should have taken points from. This is a match where we did control the majority of this game. And if we were just a little better in the final third and if we just didn't have a few mistakes at the back, we would have won this game. Yeah. Yeah, I I um, thought especially in the second half. I think that's very applicable in the second half once some of those changes started happening. Um, probably between minute, maybe 60 and like 75, I thought we really dominated the game, which is a complete reversal of what's been happening with us over the past few. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were really positive. We were, we were flowing forward in the attack. Uh, interestingly, I think that a lot of that had to do with, uh, Carol Swiderski coming on in the central attacking midfield role. Um, but, uh, you know, we looked good, just weren't able to finish it. And, and it bit us again. That said, we are going to crown some players. So um, I started with the cards. I'll start with the crowns, too. Uh, I think I am going to crown uh, Derek Jones, actually. I thought that Jones, uh, I was surprised at his removal. I was surprised at his subbing off. I understand wanting to get, you know, more attacking thrust in there and everything like that. I I thought that if Santos was going to come on for somebody, it should have been maybe Brent Bronico, even though Bronico rightfully he wore the armband. He's been, you know, the, the kind of servant for the club that deserved to be captain for the night. I didn't think that Bronico personally had a great game. Um, I thought Jones actually did. I thought Jones had a really good game doing what Derek Jones is supposed to do. He was a destroyer in the midfield and he linked play, you know, as well as you can ask for a destroyer in the midfield. He retained possession after he broke up the play and then he found the safe pass, but he did what he was asked to do effectively. And I don't think he should have been withdrawn. I I think that, you know, against an attacking lineup, like you talked about, that centrally is very effective. He was an effective presence at slowing that down. Um, So, you know, I I like what I see from the last couple of matches. I don't think Derek Jones is an every match tool. You've got to, we talked about it on Wednesday, you got to recognize tactically when is the right time to bring him in. This was the right time. This is what Derek Jones can do. And he did what he did. He does pretty well tonight. I'm in agreement with you on all those points, Um, especially, especially the point about what Derek Jones can and can't bring to this team and i think again tonight he showed that especially if you have a team that attacks through the center he can be really helpful 
And I think against teams like a Cincinnati, um, maybe even potentially against a team like uh, New York Red Bulls, who don't necessarily look for possession of the ball um, and are more counterattacking or they want to hit you with a quick turnover and, and push forward. I think Derek Jones is really good because his distribution is not always quick, although I thought tonight he did look like he was getting some of his passing out a little bit quicker than he was, especially against like Orlando. Um, but I thought he had a really good game. You know, he he had a few uh, twinkle toe moments where he was dribbling around some people. Um, he had the funniest moment of the night uh, when he was standing next to Luciano Acosta and you're looking at someone who's 6'4", and then someone who's 5'3", in Acosta, and you're wondering, <laughs> how are these two men playing the same sport right now? Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought he had a really good game. And he's one of those players where I do not think he should ever be an everyday starter for Charlotte. But if over the next two or three years, he is our fourth, um, maybe even third uh, midfielder, but... I'd probably feel more comfortable as a fourth midfielder. I think you could do a lot, lot worse in this league. Yeah. And, and, you know, what we need though, is we need a manager who knows when is the right time to take Derek Jones out of the toolbox and when's the right time to, to leave him there and, you know, maybe pick somebody a little different, but tonight it's a really solid job from Derek Jones. Uh, Josh, who do you want to crown for tonight's uh, efforts? So I'm going to go with Melanda again. Um, you know, I when we signed these three players, he was the one I thought would get the least amount of time. And of course, I am so, so wrong about that. Uh, but I think for, again, a 20-year-old center back coming in, his first game, he has to go against a team that has Insigne, Bernadeschi. Yes, they're wide attackers, but they're still incredibly dangerous. And then his second game, he is facing... Um, two forwards who have a combined 25 goals on the season, plus Luciano Acosta. Um, he, he's not jumping out on the field to me, but I think that's a good thing, right? He's a 20 year old center back and he does have his moments, you know, every once in a while he'll, he'll pick out a pass. That's really good. He had that turn in the box. Like you said, that's really unfortunate because, you know, if someone doesn't get a, a, a foot to that, a Cincinnati player, I think that's actually a, a pretty dangerous, um, shot that he's putting in and so i just don't think that you can ask much more from a young french center back new to the league than what he's provided over our past couple days and what a time when we need it because without carujo with i guess sobosinski hurt again I, I don't know it's very cloudy to me about that with our only other option would be moving fuchs to to center back he's stepped up big and we've needed him and i'm not quite sure you know, what would be happening with that back line if he wasn't available over these past couple games? Well, I mean, I think if he wasn't available, it would be Fuchs starting in center. And, and that, I think, scares all of us Charlotte FC fans. Uh, I have to agree with you. I thought Melanda, you know, I I mentioned earlier when I carded Kalina that he put Melanda under a lot of pressure. It was Melanda who managed to play out of that relatively coolly and, and knock that ball long. Um, one of the things you mentioned that really jumped out for me uh, is his passing. Um, he has he has that talent of drawing players towards him and then splitting, uh, you know, lines. Not not in a oh I'm you know getting a, a player through in the attack or anything like that, but equally valuable in an I'm breaking the press sort of way. You know, he's very calm 
when he's got a couple of guys trying to close him down uh, at sort of finding the right pass and, and making not flashy, but very effective, very well weighted uh, passes to teammates to break that press. And so I was really impressed with Milanda tonight, too. Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, but I do have a lot of excitement for for next year. And I'm not trying to even get too far into next year, but I do think about a, a partnership of Melanda and Carujo because one of my big issues with Carujo all year has been his distribution. And Melanda, I think that there might be more passing in him. You know, this is only his second game. He's learning the league. He's learning what he can and can't do. Um, he's probably been told to play it safe, but I think you're right. Just the way he can, he can draw people in, he can find that good pass. That's not necessarily, um, game breaking, but does a good job of setting off some, some moves for us. When I look at that and I think about what a defender like Carujo could then bring alongside him, that gets me really excited. And I think if there's anything we Charlotte fans can take away from these past couple games, you know, even though they've been shutouts and defeats. And as we move into these final games of the season with the playoffs slipping further away, I do think it is Melanda and hopefully more of Santos and hopefully burn and seeing these guys. And I think Melanda, I think it was maybe Brian Maurer who talked, who talked him up a lot um, on Twitter and, and in some of his articles, and I think he might have nailed it. The guy looks very, very exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Brian over there. Works with the top end guys, and um, no, I mean, I I do think, and and I'm excited too because Santos had one really beautiful slide rule pass uh, through, I think, to Swiderski, and so there's this idea percolating in my head of of you know a Melanda to Santos that just opens up this this break pushing the team forward that that maybe is the future of this squad and that looks like it could be pretty exciting and wouldn't have been nice if we could have seen that in july or august instead of september yeah if the front office had moved a little faster on those uh transfers we absolutely would have sorry i i need to not get negative in our in our praise i it, it i need to not do that but Again, they they do offer potential, and it it is something that I think over these next few games will genuinely excite me um, when I see when I see them on the field. Yep, we're gonna need to to look for something to be excited about because these last few matches have firmly put us out of the playoff picture. So now this is about uh, playing for the pride and the badge, uh, your place in the squad next season, uh, and, and, you know, showing off what you've got for whoever the next manager is. So, uh, with that, I think Josh, uh, the, what I said when I saw him dispossessed is, uh, what I'm going to close this one out with. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Uh, With that, uh, we will talk to you all again sometime soon. Good night, everybody. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com